And, you know, this morning we're going to be in, in Proverbs 8 and we're going to be talking about the path to wisdom. And so if you have your scripture and want to open it up to uh, Proverbs 8, um, we're going to camp out there a little bit this morning. You know, our ministerial staff um, here at Memorial, um, we've been reading through and, and meditating on um, the, the Proverbs uh, in our staff meeting as a way of helping us to spend some time together in God's Word. And it's been very wonderful. You know, Larry Burkett, uh, he said this, he said, a wise man seeks much counsel, a fool listens to all of it. You know, we can, re, we can re, you know, gather a lot of, of counsel, but, you know, we don't need to listen to all of it. A wise man seeks counsel, but a Christian looks to the Holy Spirit for discernment. I mean, a wise person must have knowledge, but without discernment, he is only a knowledgeable person, not necessarily a wise person. And there's a big difference between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom that we can only receive from the Lord. See, when I talk about Proverbs, a proverb is a timeless truth in the form of a simple illustration that exposes a fundamental reality of life. It really helps us in that. Proverbs are practical. They're not theoretical. They're very practical. They're easy to memorize, and they clearly are applicable to life situations. And so when we think about Proverbs, we just understand those, uh, that, that, that they're practical, easy to memorize, and uh, applicable. But I want you to understand also this morning that genuine wisdom is supernatural. Genuine wisdom is supernatural. And, and it's important to understand the difference between wisdom and common sense. And, and, and I say that because common sense is, is something that... Uh, Hopefully we're born with, it's, it's a natural thing, um, but, but wisdom is what I want to call uncommon sense. It's beyond what is natural, it's, it's supernatural, and, and wisdom originates with God. Wisdom originates with God, it resides in God, it comes from God, and is given as a gift from God, Wisdom. And I, I think it's important because there, when we think about wisdom and knowledge, the difference uh, between wisdom and knowledge is this, is knowledge is needed to pass the test in school, but wisdom is needed to pass the test in life. And wisdom uh, is, is given, whereas knowledge is, is learned. Knowledge comes from looking around and, and, and figuring things out, but, but wisdom comes from looking up. And just spending time with God and allowing him to pour into you. Knowledge comes by study and wisdom comes by meditation with God. And wisdom teaches us how to apply the knowledge. Very important. See, wisdom is not synonymous with knowledge, nor is it a substitute for knowledge. But rather, wisdom is a product of the Holy Spirit. You know, some things in life cannot be learned, they must be given. When you think about this, I would never minimize a proper, you know, formal education, but there are certain matters that no school can teach you. And in the greater sense, there are issues about life that can only be learned from God. 
He's the one who can teach us those things. You know, in the beginning of Proverbs 8, we have here like a sales pitch. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but we have a, a sales pitch, if you will, for wisdom. And wisdom is found in the marketplace carrying out this marketing campaign. And, and you can't get away from the message as she raises her voice, lifts her voice up. And, and you can't help but see those billboards as she is uh, found in the highest spot in the entire area. She's at the crossroads. She's also at the entrance to the town. So you've got, you've got wisdom that is, that is just begging here, praising herself, and the entire population is her target. And the Bible tells us that wisdom is something that we really need. God knows we all need wisdom. Our lives are crazy. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on in our society. We need wisdom. We need wisdom as, as men. We need wisdom as ladies. We need wisdom as parents. And, and if, if you don't feel like you need wisdom, then you're brain dead. Because we need wisdom on every side. And in today's passage, we're going to see that this bridge in the, the eighth chapter of Proverbs provides into uh, our new testament experience if you will it provides a bridge and it helps us to apply it to our lives so i want to read out of proverbs 8 out of god's word um, proverbs 8 verse 22 and following proverbs 8 verse 22 and following god's word says the lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old from everlasting I was established from the beginning from the earliest times of the earth when there were no depths I was brought forth when there were no springs abounding with water before the mountains were settled before the hills I was brought forth while he had not yet made the earth and the fields nor the first dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary so that the water would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him. As a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. Verse 32, now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways, heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates, watching at my doorposts. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. And all those who hate me love death. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word and how it speaks to us. 
Father, we want to thank you for the Lord Jesus and for what he has done in each one of our lives. I thank you for his sacrifice for us. I thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit, our teacher and our guide. Father, thank you for providing everything that we need for this life. Father, you have blessed us among the people of the earth. You have blessed us. Father, I pray that once again this morning you would bless us. Father, that your word would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. Father, we need you. We desperately need you. Father, we ask that you would guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I I submit to you because of this passage and, and because of what we know that creation, I want to say all of creation reveals the wisdom of God. I mean, you think about this, you think about the universe, you think about the planets, you think about the other galaxies and all of the things that God has created and how they, they perfectly uh, uh, move about and they do what they're supposed to do. The fact that the sun stays in one spot is amazing to me, that we travel around the sun. Just the, the, the thought of how that all comes together, I can't even wrap my mind around it. You think about even in creation, all of the symbiotic relationships that happen between plants and animals, between other animals and and things, and how they all work together. And I think about humanity. I mean, what a wonder humanity is. We think about how God created us, and in wisdom, he created us. The human eye, the human brain, all of the things that he put in us are just amazing And you think about even down to the DNA. I mean, I don't know how, you know, my, 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 my kids, they, and and my son and my daughter-in-law, they, 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 uh, they get together and they have babies and, and they have the same DNA, but they look different. I mean, they do. Each one is individual. But you think about how God creates us and the wisdom in that. All the way down to the, you know, subatomic level. It all speaks of his wisdom. And I think this is huge because we we talk about this and and like in verse 12, it says, um, I wisdom, I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. In that verse, we see wisdom takes on a a, a personality, a personality, a, a personification, if you will. And wisdom is is called a, a she all the way through. And, and, and wisdom in this passage is commending herself, which means that God is commending wisdom to us. It's his word. He is the one who is commending wisdom to us. In verse 22, it begins this, this section here and it really nails down the why. Why should we respond to wisdom's sales pitch. We're taken back to creation and and given two reasons why we should love and seek God's wisdom. The first one is wisdom's history. And we find that in verses 22 through 26 where the origin of wisdom is God himself. This wisdom isn't a human achievement, but it's a divine 
attribute. It's part of who God is, is wisdom. And you, you think about this, the verbs in verse 22, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. And, and you know, you see uh, possessed and, and, and brought forth. It says there, um, uh, verse 24, that when there was no depths, I was brought forth. And really those two, those two verbs, I was possessed, I was brought forth, really can be literally translated as fathered. God has fathered me, if you will. Acquiring and possessing uh, is what it comes to mean in the Hebrew. God has wisdom and it existed before the rest of creation and it's an attribute of God himself. We think about God being a God of love, God being a God of justice, God being a God of wisdom. And in wisdom, he created all that has been created. And, and notice that, that is wisdom's history was before any of creation, wisdom was there with God. But notice also wisdom's activity in verse 27 and following. Not only did wisdom precede creation, but she was actively taking part in this creative work. And the way God created was by wisdom. In wisdom, he created what was, has been created. And we see the entire list of creative acts in these verses about which wisdom says, I, wisdom, was beside him. I was beside him. <laughs> I love, in verse 30, it says, I, I was beside him as a master workman. And then in, in verse 31, it says, and having my delight in the sons of men. Do you realize that wisdom rejoices in humanity? Wisdom rejoices in humanity, having my delight in the sons of men, because in humanity, humanity is the only creation of all of the universe that is able to relate to and appreciate wisdom. Think about it. We're the only ones who can, who can relate to and think about and appreciate wisdom. You know, in the, in the second century of Christianity, the Christian apologist Justin Martyr, he noted that Proverbs, the wisdom in Proverbs 8 was the pre-existent, what he called the pre-existent as the agent of creation. And he, he linked this chapter uh, with some verses out of Colossians 1, 15 and 16, 16, where it says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created. And Justin Martyr said that wisdom in Proverbs 8 must be Jesus. And on this interpretation... The Arian heresy, which was so devastating to the early church, rose up. And it, it said that Jesus was therefore a created being. Falsely, it says this, that very highly exalted, but not in the nature, the very nature of Christ. That's what this heresy was putting forward, was that Jesus was a created being. He was not preexistent with Christ. And if you want a contemporary version of that heresy... It's the Jehovah's Witnesses' distortion of Christianity. They too say that God, that Jesus is not, you know, on the same level, co-equal with God, not part of that, that he was created. Now, still later in our day, 
Proverbs 8 is embraced by some feminist theologians who have seized on the female personification of Christ to say that there's a a mix of genders in the Godhead. And so God could be referred to as both father and mother, both he and she. This whole God-mother liturgy has grown up around this idea. But listen, I want to tell you the truth. Wisdom in Proverbs 8 is not Jesus. Wisdom was created, it was brought forth, it was fathered by God, but Jesus Christ is the eternal son, not created being, but in the very nature of God himself. He is part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, wisdom in Proverbs 8 is at God's side, witnessing the creation, but Christ (laughs) is the creator. He is the creator, for by him all things were created. I love that. Wisdom is not the agent of creation, but it's the attribute of God manifested through the masterful design exhibited in his creation through his son, Jesus Christ. See, I would tell you this morning that redemption requires the wisdom of God. See, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, God's word says this. It says, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, as Christian people, we take seriously The teachings of Jesus that he is the center of the scriptures, that it all talks about him, that he is the fulfillment of the entire Bible, and and the fulfillment is in Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus is the supreme prophet. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's the supreme priest He presents his life as the sacrifice for you and for me. He's the supreme king. He's the one who rose from the dead. He's the good shepherd, the leader who guides us into truth. But Jesus is also the supreme wise man because he's the fulfillment of the picture of wisdom in the Old Testament. Think about this. I want to read just a verse here out of Luke, Luke eleven thirty one. It goes back to First Kings ten, in the Old Testament. You may recall in in First Kings ten, um, the Queen of Sheba went to see Solomon. She had heard in her land how great his wisdom was, and she wanted to talk to him and ask him some questions. And so she traveled and she brought lots of gifts with her. And this is what it says in 1 Kings 10. I'm going to get to Luke in just a moment. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king which he did not explain to, which he did not explain to her. Verse 6. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and saw Excuse me, I came and my eyes had seen it, and behold, 
the half was not told me. You exceed in wisdom and prosperity the report which I had heard. In other words, she came and checked it out herself and it was like, wow, I only heard, heard half of it. I only, I, I didn't know that you were this wise. I didn't know that you were this prosperous. I didn't know that this was all, all, that you were all that and more. Then we fast forward to Luke. We're talking about Jesus. He's talking to some crowds and this is what he says. The queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. He's referring to himself, the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, of the Old Testament wisdom. And so Paul preaches in 1 Corinthians, by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. See, just as we see in creation uh, the wisdom of God at work, we also recognize Wisdom even more clearly in the new creation, in our redemption, found in Jesus. See, those who are wise will respond and receive this wisdom. Look at verse 33 in chapter, or Proverbs 8. It says, heed instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Back up to verse 32. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are they who keep my ways. See, wisdom doesn't just come to us magically, nor do we possess it naturally, kind of like a birthright. But rather, Scripture tells us that we must seek wisdom. We have to search after it. Look at verse 17 in this chapter. It says, I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. We must seek it. We must respond to the call. Additionally, wisdom belongs to God and accordingly it must be sought from him. I can't give you wisdom, but God can. We read about that in James 1, 5. James writes this, he says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. We have not because we ask not. We need to be asking God for wisdom in what to do. We need to ask that he would be able to apply the knowledge that we have in real life situations. See, as you pursue wisdom, you also come into the company of a trio of other riches. With wisdom, you get prudence, caution, carefulness. You get knowledge. You also get discretion. See, since Jesus fulfilled all of this wisdom and offers reconciliation with God, how can we grow in in practical wisdom? How is it that we can continue to to grow in that wisdom? But look at the the verbs in, in Proverbs 8, if you will, verse 32 and following. He says, therefore, O sons, now therefore, O sons, listen to me. And blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. 
Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. So listen and obey. When he says, listen to me, keep, those who keep my ways, obey my ways. See, listening is the proper response to wisdom's teaching, is to listen. In the Hebrew, the word to listen, shema, means to hear, to listen, and to obey. It's all wrapped up in that one word. If you listen to something, you will hear it and you will obey it. So listening is the proper response. It's not passive, but it's active, saying, yes, this is what I need to do. Yes. If you read Proverbs, you'll find that the wise man is actually a picture of Jesus. Take heed, notice, observe. And he says, walk or keep my ways. Jesus said it like this. He said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We have to listen and we have to obey. See, I feel like a lot of times we're not listening to what Proverbs is saying. We're not listening and seeking it from God. You know who we seek it from? The media. You know who we seek it from? Our friends. And they may not even be walking with God. When he says listen and obey, he's talking about search God's word and find out what God has to say about it and do that. Forget what society says. Our society went off the rails a while back. I hate to break that news to you, but if you don't know that, that's what's happened. And the thing is, is the wisdom that is coming from them is not godly wisdom. It's worldly wisdom that is influenced from the enemy. So listen and obey. Also, look at this. It says, watch and wait. Verse 34 Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorposts. Folks, these verbs are all about appetite. If you're watching at someone's gates, as this verse says, you're eager for them to come out. I remember one time several years ago, the night before I go on a fishing trip, I get giddy with excitement. It's been that way ever since I was a little kid and they found out we were going to go fishing. I almost can't sleep at night going fishing. And the thing is, is I remember I had a fishing trip lined up and I was supposed to go to this person's house and meet him there real bright and early. Well, I got there and I'm sitting in my car waiting. I don't see any signs of life in the house. I don't want to be the guy that wakes up everybody that wakes up the dog. I was expecting this guy to be ready to, just to walk out and be ready to go. Well, after about a half hour, I turned around and went back home and I was disappointed. But I want you to understand something. When I was sitting there, I was fully expecting him to come out that door and that we were gonna go fishing. It's about appetite. 
This is a picture of enthusiasm to find out how God wants us to live. Watching the gates, waiting at the doorpost, waiting there saying, God, what is it? How am I supposed to live? But so many times we don't wait. We just say, well, this is what I've always done. This, this is my gut. This is what my gut tells me. Folks, my gut tells me to eat a lot more than I need to eat. I don't listen to my gut. I tell my gut what to do. Because I'm in control of this body, not my stomach. But man, I look at this and I'm, I'm so excited about it because we need to be watching with that same kind of enthusiasm. God, what is it you want from us? Wait and watch and wait. And lastly, he says this, he says, find and obtain in verse 35 and 36. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. In these verbs, I don't see anywhere where it says to go talk to your friend and find out what they think. It says listen, obey, watch, wait, find, and obtain. See, the dark side, the dark side of verse 35 is now presented. Note the contrast between the word finds in verse 35 and the word sins in verse 36. The translation of the word sins is accurate. The word miss or misses, not like a lady, but like misses, doesn't hit the target. The translation there is the most frequent meaning in the Old Testament and the root idea is that of missing something after which you run, seek, or shoot. In other words, you missed the mark. So sin is often described as missing the mark. And here the older notion is clearly in view with the contrast of fines. I mean, the RSV, the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, represents this last contrast well. He who finds me versus he who misses me. We also find the negative side of what I want to say love and hate. See, these words, they carry great emotional overtones in our language today. Very emotionally charged words. They didn't necessarily convey that at the time this was written. See, the notion is more one of willful choice. You love this, so you make that choice. You hate this, so you make that choice. But it's not about the, the emotion that we want to put in it today. You know, we've been told in Proverbs 3.18 that wisdom is a tree of life. A tree of life. It, it nourishes. So to choose another path is to choose death. If this is life on one hand, to go the other way would be death. And really, that's what it's talking about. And, and, and how seriously we must understand this. At the hour of decision, 
We may not consciously think we are opting for death, but that is where the path opposite of wisdom leads. It leads to death. Truly, as, the, as he says here, <laughs> he who sins against me injures himself. How seriously we must take wisdom's invitation to draw near to her. How carefully we must choose our path. I mean, everything is at stake in our choice. Every choice that we make, every single choice that we make entails, it comes with a future. Every choice we make, who you marry, where you live, the occupation you choose, whether you choose, who you choose to hang out with, your friends, your, your neighbors, all of these choices entail a future. See, true wisdom will relentlessly seek knowledge and it won't be denied. This is probably the reason why I know I'm probably just another wise guy and not a wise man. There's a difference between a wise guy and a wise man. I get too easily distracted. But wisdom seeks discretion. And discretion has to do with discernment. And discernment tells us there's a choice. Discernment denotes choice and discretion also involves our will. We choose to do that. This means that wisdom enables us to make the right choices. And it motivates us to act on the decisions we make. (laughs) You know, the proof in the pudding is in the tasting. And the proof of wisdom is in the decisions and the will to act on those decisions. I mean, sometimes we just get, you know, paralyzed by analysis. We just want to look at everything. But folks, if we make good decisions, then we ought to be willing to act on those decisions. Now, if we make bad decisions, we're going to act on them probably, yeah. But we need to make good decisions and have the will to act on those decisions. See, God's grace and favor are offered to us, and we would be very foolish to reject this offer throughout life. I mean, the wisdom of God, the one who created it all, the one who who redeemed it all, the one who can guide us through it perfectly. If there is anything we should do with this passage, that we should see in this passage, is, is, is that we should place great value on wisdom. Because wisdom has as its source God. You can't attain it. You can't earn it. You can't achieve it. You can't figure it out through research or logic. But when you are born again by the grace of God, you're prepared for the wisdom of God. As I wrap this up, I'm going to invite our, our worship team to come back up. And I just want to share this with you. Don't, don't worry about them. They're just going to come and get situated. But there's three indispensable truths in, that we have in the pursuit of wisdom. 
The first one is this, is that you must know Jesus Christ, the living word of Almighty God. You must know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Secondly, you must have that indwelling Holy Spirit, the divine author of the word of God. And third, I would say you must study the word of God and trust the Holy Spirit to illuminate your heart, your mind, so that you might rightly interpret the word of God and make application for your daily life so that you will know how to make wise decisions. Let me stress one more thing. The only source of real wisdom is God the Father. And the greatest manifestation of his wisdom is Jesus Christ. That's right. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. You reject Jesus and you join those who profess themselves to be wise, but really are in fact made fools, according to Romans 1.22. See, the wisdom of God is specifically seen in his salvation that is made available through grace alone, not through our works. We can't be good enough. We can't do enough. Because the only thing anyone can do and the only thing everyone must do is to believe and put their faith in Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you have the privilege of walking with him in wisdom. But if you don't know him personally, the smartest thing you could do is to trust him for your salvation then you can know the wisdom of God, which is more precious than jewels, more precious than anything on this earth. Would you pray with me? Loving Father, we thank you that wisdom comes from you, that in creation, you founded creation in wisdom, but Father, you created the new creation also in wisdom, the redemption of our souls.